You're listening to Music Tectonics. Hey, it's Dimitri with Music Tectonics at Meetem. We're back. I know we've been dropping lots of episodes at you. Meetem is got so much going on. Meetem Lab in particular, we've been talking to lots of startups. And I've got another one here. I'm here with Hazel Savage from Musio. How are you, Hazel? I'm very well. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Dimitri. I was checking out your LinkedIn profile, which actually I've looked at your LinkedIn profile a lot because you're pretty active there. Oh, well, I'm, <laughs> I am I love to social post. Yeah, I'm big on the marketing. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> And I noticed that your first position or early position was as a physical retail buyer, classical buyer at HMV in London, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So actually, even a little further back than that, my when I was at university, I used to work the weekends at my local HMV store, just, you know, on the till. So that was, you know, when I was back when I was 18, 19. And then I went full time as a classical music buyer down in the London store. Nice. But yeah, I mean, it Moved was up the ranks. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I got to hit the big city. I got to go to London. That's where all the jobs are. That's great. And now you've made a full, total pivot or transition. Maybe I wonder if there's any other classical buyers from that era that are doing anything close to what you're doing. That is a really good point. But I guess to me, it was like I got a job in a record store because that was what I loved. I loved music when I was at university. I never, ever imagined that it would that would turn into the full-time job. I assumed that was just what I did to earn a bit of money and I'm going to end up in a bank. I'm going to end up as a teacher or a bus driver. You know, I, I didn't think that would become the whole career. So funny. So let's jump to it. What does Musio do? Uh, so Musio is an artificial intelligence company for the music industry. We work with, with uh, sync companies, streaming companies, record labels, anyone with a large catalog of music that wants to tag it, search it, sort it, or playlist it for any reason. We fully automate that using AI. Whoa, so you've got lots of possible customers then. We do indeed, we do indeed, but I'm, also, I'm mostly excited about the, uh, the streaming services and the sync companies. You know, from the sync perspective, imagine you've got a catalog of anywhere from 100,000 to a million tracks and, you know, a request comes in. Hey, do you guys have anything that sounds like X? Uh, it's for a TV show on Y. And, uh, and then you've got to think, OK, we've got 100,000 songs. What have I got in there? What have I heard? Can I ask my buddy? Do da, da, da. What we do is we allow you to drop the reference track into your own database and pull out the 10 closest matches in under two seconds. Whoa. Yes, that sounds very powerful for, for sync. Yeah. And so is it going to be people using their own catalogs as opposed to music supervisors digging for stuff? Uh, predominantly, yeah. Our first wave, obviously, we're, we're a seed funded company. We're about 11 months old. The, uh, we're currently working with people with their own internal catalogs. Uh, so sync companies and, and, and labels with their own internal catalogs. And that's because we would, you know, the goal is to work towards a big open source platform where people can you know dig for treasure but legally getting access to that music is is going to take a lot longer than the 11 months we've been going so far so i'm working on that in the background how long is the um ingestion process for a catalog is it i mean is it is it pretty tough to get the catalog into the system and start to get the tagging going and i mean it, it really depends you know because when we when we work with a lot of music companies you know we sort of say oh you know how do you want to deliver files do you have like aws are you using google cloud sometimes they physically send us a hard drive with the audio on in which case the longest part of the that process is the postal system uh, to actually get those tracks to us. Um, because if we're able to, you know, process the files from AWS and then process them in-house, our current rate, we can process about a million tracks a day. 
Whoa, that's crazy. Are you doing that? A million a day? Uh, well, we, c- we could. Yeah. I think the, the biggest amount so far has been 100,000, but wow. we just want to let people know it's possible. That's fun. Do you guys have like special little meters that show the speed? Like, <laughs> <laughs> There was a fun graph the other day that had a lot of colors on, which I believe was different uh, different servers and units. But um, but yeah, that's uh, not necessarily my area of expertise. So how did you get from being a classical buyer at physical retail to where you are? Where did you get the idea for this current uh, this current company? Um, well, I have to say, so when I was working at HMV, I kind of wanted to get out of the retail game because being customer facing, as anyone who's ever worked in retail knows, it's very hard work. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a real toll dealing with the public, you know, 24-7. So I was kind of applying for jobs here, there and everywhere. And the first, I think I sent out about 150 CVs and the first interview I got and then the first job I got was for a, a little known startup that, that hardly anyone had heard of called Shazam. And uh, it just so happened that the guy that reviewed my CV had also worked in the same record store. Oh, wow. And he said to me, he said he saw that on my CV and went, oh, she'll be a laugh. You know, because <laughs> that, that was the kind of person they hired. So he went, get her in, she'll be fun. Um, and so really, that was kind of my first my first proper music tech job. Um, and, and so that's, you know, we're talking well over 10 years ago now. But, you know, having experienced working at Shazam and then going on to Universal and Pandora, it's kind of the company I have now is a, is a, is a sort of a internal collaboration of all the previous stuff I've learned. Wow, that's cool. And what were you doing at Shazam and Pandora and Universal? Uh, so when I was at Shazam, my first job was I was like a, it was called a digital music encoder. And so I was one of the people responsible for making sure that we had the songs on the system so they could be recognized by the Shazam service. Gotcha. So it's, uh, you know, yeah, not not a super glamorous job, but, you know, I... Someone had to do it. Yeah, well, exactly. We had a little team of us just going through and, you know, occasionally I'd meet people in the street who hadn't really heard of Shazam and they'd be like, oh, is it you on the other end of the phone? Like, <laughs> you know, typing out the name of the song. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know 14 million tracks by heart. I'm just, oh, yeah. Hey, hey, Alan, Alan. Do you, do you reckon this is a Diplo remix? <laughs> no, of course, that's how it works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then what about at Universal? What were you doing? Uh, so when I moved to Universal, I was uh, like a content manager. They It was in Australia. And they had their own um, online e-commerce store. And they would build custom e-commerce stores for, their, for, the, for the artists that were in Australia. So I started doing a lot of the editorial content, a lot of visual content, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the marketing, social media, kind of like full service this little marketing agency but in-house nice and then pandora for a couple of years as well yeah so i was was lucky to be part of the team that launched pandora in australia and new zealand so there was three of us that launched it and i was i was one of those three so that was that was good fun fun years that's really cool and check it out we talked about the uk we Uh talked about australia and now you're in singapore yeah well you know as I, i say to everyone i just go where the work is um, so, you know, I moved to Australia originally because Universal uh, headhunted me. And then I moved to Singapore again because I was offered another job. I, wow. was, I was sought out. So, you know, I guess, you know, marketing lead for a music tech company is relatively specific. So I kind of have just moved around wherever the, uh, wherever the work's been. Well, we're going to dig into the larger landscape of music tech, but let's get real local. What's yeah. going on in Singapore? What's the music tech scene like there? Uh, well... I'm, th- it's not so much of a scene <laughs> as uh, our office um, in that, uh, you know, we're quite proud of the fact, actually, that we're the first ever VC funded music tech company in Singapore ever. There has never been another VC funded music tech company. I mean, there are loads in L.A., there are a bunch of them in London, but Singapore is not known for music tech. 
So there aren't music tech specific investors. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, and there's not so much of a music tech scene altogether. Okay, well, that's the scene. You're the scene. You're making a scene. <laughs> so A little bit. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll be curious to see, when you think about the music tech landscape, what are the things that get you most excited? So I'm really excited, uh, you know, when I, when I speak to other people. Obviously, AI is really the core focus of, of, of my day-to-day life currently. And, you know, there's this kind of thread talking about, like, creator tools, so how do you integrate elements of AI writing, curation, and what are the kind of philosophical um, implications of you know, having a, an AI-assisted written track? Um, so these are, this is the kind of trend that I, I love to get in on a deep conversation with because you know, at what point does it become not wholly your recording? At what point does it become you know, a, a collaboration with an AI. Um, and I, I had a great conversation with someone once where they were like, you know, it's, I see a point in the future where music is released and it's got that like, you know, almost like that kind of butcher's stamp on it, you know, 100% human created, you know, because there'll be so much hybrid music. So that's kind of what I'm fascinated by. That's going to be the non-GMO organic stamp in music, yeah, huh? Yeah, same, same design, but it says 100% human made. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. It's interesting because you're not working directly in that that area, but that's one of the things that you've been... I mean, I think it makes sense because you're kind of tracking on all the kind of music tech scene. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I see the words AI and music come up together and I, I got to check it out and find out what's going on. So, so yeah, majority of the times. But yeah, absolutely. We're not in the uh, creation space. We're in the curation space. But I'm, I'm still fascinated by the, the whole industry. Yeah, you know... Um, what do you say to the folks that are that are like, oh, we, we, we're hitting barriers with the DSPs, we're hitting barriers mm. with the record labels, we're hitting barriers, you know, with radio every step of the way. And now the robots are coming after us. They're going to take our jobs away. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think for, uh, for us, when it comes to our technology, um, you know, we I, I specifically didn't want to build a company that in any way damaged the industry. I'm, I'm not interested in taking away jobs um and as i I think i said in my my pitch at medium labs you know it's not like for a and r teams have grown from like two to 200 people to to match the influx of content they just kept it at two people so now it's just really inefficient you know and the same with playlisting you know don't get rid of your external curators but a team of 20 curators can't you know playlist for 800 million subscribers for example so how do you just augment those roles so actually those curators can then do more in-depth deals with local labels focus on artists do more promotions so for us it's about it's about that efficiency not not so much the robots are coming you know i'm really glad you looped it back around to what you're doing because we haven't talked about the playlisting component what does that look like for users of museo who which of your user types are would be using it for building playlists and how does that actually work so our customers are b2b so we sell our technology as a kind of a like white labeled service and api solution that streaming services whether they're attached to a telco whether they're standalone whether they're in an integrated brand streaming service and we can basically fully curate your content for your listeners in a personalized way so if your radio stations rather than have your curators have to pre-program a load of radio stations you know let the user drop a seed track and we'll pre-fill the rest of the playlist so therefore they can drop any seed track they're now not limited and every time your users log in they're also able to go to their own profile and find that kind of you know 
daily or weekly kind of like playlist that's pre-built for them based on what they've already listened to and what we think they'll like. So in a sense, almost like a, a, a radio type format or, or, uh, or will it be a static playlist? Um, or both? It, well, I mean, it's really flexible. It kind of depends. And we work with what the streaming services tell us they want. If they want to replicate a great radio uh, product and kind of endless playlist of music that, you know, is then also filtered based on what they listen, don't listen, skip, thumb up, thumb down, that's possible. But also if they just want to serve direct into, you know, people's inboxes, hey, we built a discovery playlist for you this month, you know click here to check it out and it's customized for every individual person with ai you can do that at scale yeah that makes sense you know it's sounding a lot to me and you can correct me if i'm wrong there was a moment when echo nest was kind of the kind of a darling of the industry and was very flexible because lots of people could use it mm-hmm. and obviously when they got acquired by spotify the data the other dsps didn't really want to share data across and so forth um so that they were no longer independent so yeah, yeah. um there, no, nobody's really stepped in that space. Is this kind of, I mean, it sounds like the technology's changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I know they were doing a lot of uh, uh, web scraping around lexical data to go mm-hmm. with uh, kind of building suggestions and recommendations. But um, it sounds almost like, even though the technology's probably different, that's a, that's a role that's kind of missing from a lot of the industry and that maybe you're filling that. Is that is that an accurate description? Absolutely, spot on. So that would be, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I try not to sort of, compare us to, to other companies too much but you know the the space that the echo nest filled in being a white labeled freely available service that you could plug into multiple services um that's exactly what we do and as you say that you know they sold to spotify in 2014 so the technology is wildly different but the the purpose uh, is is similar so yeah yeah good, good analysis makes sense and are there any other kind of use cases we talked about sync we talked about playlisting you talked about tagging in a more general sense mm. is there any other uh, kind of use cases that uh, you think will uh, early adopters of Musio will will probably engage with most um there's there's been a bunch like i've had some really great conversations with um aggregators you know who are sending their audio to the dsps and they say that you know for like every field that they add that the artist has to fill in the artist got to fill in their own name they got to fill in the title if they got to fill in the genres you know the bpm the key you know the more fields you put the more pushback you get from the artists who just don't want to fill it in so you know i've been asked several times can musio pre-fill that information based on the audio file they upload and the answer is yes so that's a that's a really exciting new segment that's cool. Cool. Let's bring it back to Medium. What's the one thing that you hope to get at something like Medium that would have the biggest impact on Musio? Um, it's the the biggest thing I'm looking for is those that introduction to potential customers. So you know I've uh, you know that was what was great about pitching at Medium Labs. You know um, I, I think I've said it before, but for me it's not about the win. It's about the people who walk up to me afterwards and hand me the business card and go, "We want to talk to you." You know, they're the people that I want to talk to. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard sometimes when you're competing with like the super sexy app that, you know, is going to make music right away or, you know, do do different things like that or have artist facing sometimes, you know, that's Mm -hmm. obviously Mm -hmm. a need in the industry. But um, but uh, yeah, just to have the chance to showcase and have those conversations start to bring up, help help people start to think about how would they use these different applications? Yeah. uh, Well, I mean, it's about letting people know what we do as well. You know, it's. um, you know, if we if we just sit in our office in Singapore and wait for people to find us, you know, that's that's going to take too long. So for us, it's about getting out to these conferences. I love it. I love seeing the people that I've seen at, you know, Nylon Connect and South by. And I've, there's this guy, great guy called Philip Greffer, who runs a conference in Beijing. 
and I've met him four times now only at conferences. So Philip is officially my conference buddy. And I'm like, Philip's here, yes. <laughs> so, you know, I just love it. I come see the same bunch of people and it's like it's like a little big global family. Do you, given all that experience that you have um, in the industry and, uh, and, and just going around to events, are there any that maybe our listeners haven't heard of in addition to that one that you would sort of say, keep an ear to the ground or consider checking it out? I mean, obviously, you know, I don't think anyone listening to this is not going to have heard of South by Omidem, but they're real must-haves for me. Um, but the other one I would say for anyone who's less familiar, uh, Music Matters in Singapore. Oh. Uh, so it's in September every year, and I've been the last four years, and it is just growing strength on strength. And what's amazing is if you want that gateway to Asia, you want to meet the guys from Tencent, you want to meet the guys from NetEase, you know, SoftBank, they're at Music Matters, you know, they might not necessarily be here. So if you want to come and do some business in Asia and, and find out what's going on there, it's a really slick, really great event. And what time of year is it? September, September every year. And uh, how big is it? Like how many people do you think are there? Um, oh, thousands, not hundreds, but yeah, not tens that, of thousands? Yeah, thousands, not hundreds, not tens of thousands. Like they have it at one of the bigger hotels. I think it's at the Ritz-Carlton and it's a kind of takeover of like three or four floors. Um, so it's maybe maybe not quite as big as Medem, but... Um, but yeah, certainly bigger than a lot of the smaller conferences. Gotcha. But yeah, that would be my top tip. Awesome. awesome. That's great. So um, what other startups have you been excited to either see again or meet at Meetem Lab this year? Uh, so honestly, like the camaraderie and the the like groups. I was doing like selfies, like especially from the category I was in, data analytics and marketing. Um, uh, Legitary, who won the category, is, you know, the, their CEO is just such a... We just had her on. She's brilliant. an amazing darling and so clever, like PhD scientist. I mean, come on. Like, I can't compete with that. <laughs> and then, uh, and also there was uh, Eduardo from uh, Barcelona um, with Music List. And so the three of us were just like buddied up up the whole time every time one of us got off the stage it was fist bumps like we had the real like pack mentality so i it, the people in my category i enjoyed meeting in terms of the actual apps themselves and like who i wanted to meet i gotta say and it's not gonna you probably keep getting the same answer but jamble so you know because i was just randomly sat in the speaker's lounge your guy from jamble comes in your ceo and he sits down and he's he just pitches me the app he gets the phone out he starts making a beat then i start making the beat on top we're both pressing the keys next thing you know we've got this cool little song that we've just collaborated on and then he shoots a video of us and then it's on instagram and I'm sharing it with my crowd. He's sharing it with his crowd. And now every time I walk past him in the corridor, we sing that little jam to each other. And I'm just like, you know, so if he's listening, that's the track. And I was like, we just collaborated for no reason. That's awesome. Right here. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to track him down. You know, we, we, we tried to hook up here, but I'm chasing him down. Don't worry, guys. Right, I'm right, going right. to find Gad from Jamble. Nice. You guys stay tuned to Music Tectonics because I am going to go find this guy. He's Get a trip. Guy. Got a nice selfie with him myself after uh, he tied for the uh, uh, music creation and education category with Endless. Yep. Um, uh, so uh, I think that's on my Instagram right now. If you want to see a pretty funny bounce, because he was wearing crazy pants and I was wearing crazy pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, you're known for it. He's kind of <laughs> getting in on your look there, Dimitri. Well, you know, I'm going to talk to him about royalties and stuff about that <laughs> as well right. so i think i'll talk to legendary and, and audit his royalties on my crazy pants yeah just audit his crazy trousers that's, that's what it is trousers right just thank you um <laughs> cool well hazel thank you so much for joining me thanks for thank all you. the great energy you bring to this i'm sure
other Meetum Lab participants really felt your energy. You, you just bring it on, and it's awesome to see. Thanks, Dimitri. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Was that was that really 15 minutes? That's yeah. flown. <laughs> that was like that was so fast. So thanks so much for listening to Music Tectonics. Please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app and check out musictectonics.com to find out about our conference, October 28th and 29th in Los Angeles. Sign up for our newsletter and we'll keep you posted. I got to go find Gad. See you. You're listening to Music Tectonics.